Uh, those of you with very good memories and have, have been here a while will remember that back in May I was teaching a series on living in your true identity. It was to be a four-week series, and we only got to do three weeks, and then the rains came. And so we got washed out one Wednesday night. So this is to conclude that series on um, living in your true identity. Praise the name of Jesus. Does anybody... See, that's been, gosh, a good month ago. Is there anything that sticks out in anybody's mind, a phrase or anything that they remember from that? I know I'm putting you on the spot, but that's what teachers do. <laughs> yes, Ronnie. Yeah. <laughs> that helps. time like he changed uh, Abram to Abraham and several others I can't think of right now. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, our true identity comes from God. It's not uh, not a name, a given name. It's not a given name. Yes. Yes. And I'm only out to the fourth chapter in that so it's <laughs> more for me to study. Praise God. Well you're teacher's pet right now. <laughs> Anybody else has something to share? What about the scripture, I am a new creation in old? All things are become new. Yes, praise the Lord. Uh, we're going to have an opportunity for some testimonies a little later. So I think Kevin has our mic set so that we can do that later as we need to. Praise God. Praise God. Let me get on the beam here. Praise the name of Jesus. We're going to start. Uh, there'll be a number of scriptures. You may need to just write down the scripture reference. I don't know that you'll have time to go to all of them. Um, I have about five pages of notes here. We won't get to all of that. But I have just believed God today, prayed and believed God that He's, we're going to go exactly where we need to go, and you're going to get exactly what you need to do. Now, um, I'm going to follow the leading of the Spirit, and this is what I saw in my spirit that we would do tonight. Before we begin, I want to say that you are here by appointment. You are here because God brought you here tonight. I would like you, if you would, I'm not going to make you, of course, but I would like you to go to somebody that you are not related to and lay your hand on them and we're going to pray for them and bless them. There is an anointing that abides in you at all time, whether you feel like it or not. Whether you think you have thoughts that are of God or not, they are because you are a born-again believer and most of you are spirit-filled and that's flowing from you. So if you'll just get up out of your spot right now, I'm going to keep myself out of it because I'm going to be up here. But if you'll go to someone, and we're just going to pray over them, and God's going to do something for them. We're just going to speak a blessing into their life. Now, when you do this, don't start talking yet. Just go there. Don't start talking yet. Just go there. Find somebody you're not related to. 
and grandkids, okay, and the grandkids can go with the grandparents or they can be separate either way. Now, here's what I would like you to do. I would like you to just quietly pray in the Spirit for just a minute over them and then speak in English whatever is in your spirit to do. Let's do that now. Whenever you feel like you've completed what you need, then you can return to your seats, but don't feel rushed. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Everybody, everybody needs to feel love. Everybody needs the experience of the love of Christ. And that lover is in you. And he flows out of you through your touch. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. How many of you are warm in here? One, two. Got we got, a, got about three people. Kevin, do you know how to just turn it down like one degree? I mean, just do you know how to do that? There's somebody that knows something? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Father, we just thank you for what you're doing. 
We focus now on you. Colossians 1.27 says, Christ in you. Does anybody know how to finish that? The hope of glory. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Let's look at that just a minute. First of all, think about the definition of the word Christ. Christ means the anointed one and his anointing. Then let's look at one of the definitions of glory. Glory is the heavy weight of his loving kindness and tender mercy. So when we say Christ in you, the hope of glory, we're saying the anointed one and his anointing is in you the hope of putting forth the heavy weight of his loving kindness and tender mercies. I want to encourage you, um, it wouldn't be for everybody, but the, uh, two, out of the, two out of the three lessons that I taught previously are now on the website. You can go get them. And in reviewing, I went back to last, last time's lesson, which was May the 25th, I think, on May the 25th, and listened to that again. And I got, you know, when I teach you things, this is almost always stuff that the Lord is teaching me right now, and I'm getting things out of it. But anyway, in listening to that May the 25th lesson, I, the thing that stuck out to me was uh, the example that Mark Hankins gave about being in the hospital at the elevator and pushing the button and the light comes on, and yet you wait. You know, and you have to have faith that the light is on, and so that elevator, slow though it may be, is coming. Well, I was battling something for a couple of days in my body, and I was doing the things I knew to do. I was doing communion like I've taught you about before. And uh, at first I wasn't seeing any change. And I just started saying, the light is on. The light is on. You know, when you speak the word, you confess the word, you've done your part, the light is on. And that just ministered to me. Uh, another thing uh, that ministered to me out of the last week's lesson uh, was um, where we heard that we need to begin to understand that we are irresistible. And that if you will get that concept in you, that because of Christ in you, you are irresistible, you will become irresistible. Because everything is by faith. And I'm going to talk more about that in a minute. But I wanted to open with T.L. Osborne, who said, No other religion can say what the Christian can that which is that God, that our God lives in us. No other religion, no other religion teaches that God lives in you, that God flows out of you. And so it is true. Lynn Hammond said, sometimes I just stand in the presence of God and act like who I am. I stand before him and practice being conscious of the fact that I am a child of the king. I am an heir of God. I am a joint heir with Jesus. You can do the same thing. You were born to reign with Jesus. You are an ambassador of heaven. Let the truth of that work in you until your prayers resound with the authority of heaven itself. Which also brings out a point that this new life in us, this 
new image that we're taking to heart not only changes our ministry to others and our, and our life and ourselves, but it changes our prayer life. And that's an important part too. Praise God. Praise God. Righteousness. Romans 8.30 says, Though those whom he called, he also made righteous. That means he put them in right standing with him. And those he justified, he also glorified, raising them to a heavenly dignity and condition or state of being. He has given you a seat at his own right hand. It gets to be in a spirit-filled church where we read those things and we say, yes, praise the Lord, amen. But do we really think about what that means? Do we really by faith take hold of those things? He has given you a seat at his own right hand. If Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father, where is his body? It's at the right hand of the Father, and we are his body. God himself can look at you with the most penetrating gaze and cannot find one thing wrong with you. Why? Because you are in Christ. God sees you in Christ. Does that mean you never make a mistake? Does that mean that you never miss it? Does that mean you've learned everything you need to learn? No, but that righteousness is of faith. It's not something that can ever be earned. Yes, we want to get more holy. Yes, we want to live closer to him. Yes, we want to learn more about him. But you have a state of being right now in Christ without from the day that you were born again. And you need to, to, to remember that and live that. Praise God. Praise God. I'm looking at my notes and interpreting them. Praise God. I wanted to give you a testimony of something that happened after our last meeting on May the 25th. And I also would like to give you an opportunity when I'm through to talk about anything that's going on in your life. I know in a group this size, it's not a huge group, but God's doing something. Some things are going on. I know they are. And it's part of your assignment to get out of the box. I'd like to hear from some of you tonight. What's, what's he doing in your prayer life? What's he doing in your relationships with others? What, what are you seeing? I'm sure you're seeing something. I want to know more. I've just gotten a little snippet. But I want to know more about what happened on Reality Weekend with the teens. Have any of you got to talk to any of them? They gave them some instruction. They went out on the waterway and they started ministering to people. I just got to hear about that. It's just going to be so great. But anyway, I wanted to give you a testimony. We met on Wednesday, May the 25th. And as I told you before, one of the things that was going over in my mind even after that lesson was the thought about we need to see ourselves as irresistible. If you ever put your face to the fact that you are irresistible, you will become irresistible. So everybody knows how bad it was on May the 25th. The heavens opened. <laughs> and uh, then, uh, then they let up. But on Saturday, May the 28th, Mama White and I were to go to a wedding shower off of... Um, kind of out Luetta, out toward Champions. So we started out going south on 45. 
Anybody got the picture already? We were going south on 40, well, we were pointed south on 45, <laughs> let me put it that way. The feeders were shut down. We were creeping along. We were going to be late for the shower, but we were going to make the shower. And then we got, finally got off of 45 onto Luetta, headed west. We're making progress. We're going to get there. Going along, minding our own business, and I get rear-ended. And uh, it's not a terrible rear end, thank the Lord. There's no whiplash, anything like that, but we were rear-ended. So I pulled off onto the side, and so did the young woman that hit me. And I'm thinking, God, you're going to make something good out of this. And uh, so uh, I walked back to meet her, and you know, you're just kind of listening to the Spirit as you go. And she was a woman probably, it's hard for me to tell exactly, probably late 20s or early 30s. Come on through. We, we're not easily distracted. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> Can you, you can come up this way, maybe? Maybe this way? We love babies. We love babies. So um, anyway, so I'm going to meet her between the cars. And uh, the first thing I notice about her being over... Over 40, over 50, over 60, as I am, is this big leopard tattoo that goes down the side of her arm. And then there were some other tattoos, but that leopard tattoo really caught my eye. But anyway, so um, anyway, I, I walked up to her, and she had a, a, a nice spirit about her. I mean, she wasn't ugly or mean or anything. And so the first thing I said to her was, do you have insurance? Oh, no, no, first we said, are you hurt? Are you? No, nobody was hurt. So we were glad about that. I said, do you have insurance? She said, yes. I'm thinking, thank the Lord. So um, anyway, she, uh, I show her my insurance, and then her insurance is on her cell phone. And, you know, in the daylight, you really can't see that. So I said, well, um, let me just sit here in the front seat of your car and so I can see it, and she was agreeable to that. And as I'm getting in the car, I noticed that she has a car seat in the back, back seat. And I said, oh, you have children. And she said, yes, she had three children. They were like seven, five, and two. I think I said, well, aren't you thankful that they weren't in the car with you? She said, yes, she was. So I looked at her license. Everything was good. Not her license, her insurance. Everything was good. And uh, I just talked to her for a minute, and um, Mama White, I knew she was praying up in the other car, but I just really felt led to, to stay here and talk to this woman. We, we called the police. They were going to come out. It took them an hour to get there. But God had a plan. You know, if God had said to me that morning, will you go be in a, a car wreck so that you can talk to this young woman, I would have said, Lord, give that to somebody else. But he didn't ask me. He just did it. So, so we're there. And uh, so uh, um, I asked her about her, about her life. She was going to school. She was working, blah, blah, blah. And um, she said that she was, uh, had come from Crockett uh, to live, and she's trying to make it on her own, you know, so I felt her for that. But after we had done a few things and the records had come and blah, 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 uh, we were standing outside at this point. She was at the back of her car, and I walked up to her, and I said, Let's just give the devil a black eye. I said, I'll call her B. I said, B, what can I pray for you about? About your, about your family, your job? Or what, what is it you need prayer for? She said, oh, everything. And so, <clears throat> so without 
touching her or making a scene or anything. I just had my hands on the trunk of her car. Um, I didn't even close my eyes. I just began to pray over and just pray what came into my spirit, you know, about God bless B and bless her family and cause them to, to do well and give her uh, all that she needs, uh, you know, just whatever the Lord said. And when I got through, tears were streaming down her face. And there was a couple tears in my eyes, too. And she just reached over and grabbed me and just hugged me. And um, so we, we had some more time to spend an hour. And at one point, I was sitting in the front seat of her car with her, and she said, um, I, want to call my, I want to call my grandma, but I don't want to call her. And I said, she raised you, didn't she? She said, yeah. And I said, yeah, you'll want to talk to her at some point. So then, after everything was said and done, before we finally left, after the police had come, everything was done, I went to her, car, her passenger window, and I looked in, and I said, told her, I said, B, I said, you just remember that God loves you with a great passion. He's, he's crazy about you. And you remember what your grandma taught you. And you start doing what your grandma taught you to do. And she nodded her head. So I went, went off praising the Lord. You know, got bumped in the rear, but I'm still drivable and everything's good. So I'm praising the Lord. I'm praising the Lord. And things go on. I, I call uh, her taken out a few things. I call her insurance company the, the next week. They say, yes, she's, she's already made a claim. I said, good, you know, so we'll be talking in a few days. Don't hear anything. In a few days, I call back and they say, well, uh, this is being, what did they say? They didn't say contested. This is being investigated because the accident was on May the 28th. They said, according to our records, her insurance was canceled on May the 19th. I have a $1,000 deductible. My husband comes in the room and I said, we are going to put a watch at our mouth. We are not going to say anything that's negative. And I explained to him the situation. So we just said right there and then, if it comes to it, the devil's going to have to pay us back sevenfold. Anything he steals from us. There were voices. I won't say whose voices. It wasn't anybody close. There were voices that said, well, you need to sue her. Well, you need to call the cops, and you need to tell them that she didn't have insurance, so they'll put more on her. And um, Johnny and I talked about it, and he, he said, we're not going to do anything, any of that. And I said, no, we're not. And uh, so we just kept praising the Lord, praising the Lord. And uh, about a, a week after that, I called again, kind of got a run around, and, and Johnny said, well, you need to call right back, and you need to ask to talk to a supervisor. So I called back, and I got somebody, and they said, well, we just took care of that. Everything's covered. You can go get your car fixed. So praise God. God took care of everything. And B has had a life-changing experience because we didn't negate our words. We didn't pull back, and we just believe that God works. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Somebody else, you have something that's been going on in your life, an opportunity, a blessing. I know you got it in you. And we use the microphone, you, we could hear you, but it goes on the tape, and then people can hear it as well. By faith, I'm going to take this mic out of here, and as I walk this way, somebody is going to walk. I have a testimony. I don't know if this is what you're looking for, but... I'm looking for anything God did. God did this. I know he did this. Um, we have a neighbor who has been battling cancer for 
I don't know how long it's been now, two years, but he had gone into remission, and so we believe that it's all gone. But he had gotten a bad report recently, and uh, his wife shared it with me, and I said, well, we'll just pray about it. And I had had an opportunity to talk to them before about healing and, and such as that. And so uh, I came back and told her that I had told the ladies on Friday morning to pray that, you know, they had gotten a bad report. And she texted me. They had gone out of town. She texted me and said, a new report came out. <laughs> And it's a good report, and we're confused, and we won't get to talk to the doctor till tomorrow. So I'm just believing yeah, that yeah. there was a supernatural work, yeah. and that he is clear, and there is no cancer, and it Amen. will not come back in the name Amen. of Jesus. We agree in Jesus' name. Thank you. Praise the Lord. Oh, can I say one more thing? Yes, you may. I'm sorry. And also, she thanked all of the people that were praying because they knew it was God. And they were wanting to thank those that were praying on their behalf. Praise the Lord. I have a couple of things. Um, James and I were driving the bus two Sundays ago, and I don't know how many people would even know this information, but while we were driving on the bus route, I told James, you know, I smell something strange. Something, it smells like something's burning. So I don't smell it. He said, see if it's the rear AC. So I go back, and we're driving down, getting on I-45, going over to Woodlands Parkway, making our bus route. It wasn't that. I said, no, it's something else. I smell a weird smell. Something's burning. We run the entire route, get everybody on the bus that's going to ride, and leaving our last stop, smoke is bellowing from the right front tire. The oh brakes completely went out. But no one was hurt. Praise there were no God. problems. I made a couple phone calls. To Truman, John, Jacqueline, y'all get over here and get us. <laughs> Leave the kids. We need all the seats we can get. So we got everybody to church. Everything was fine. Everybody had a way home after. God is good. And we were all protected. Praise God. So James wanted me to share that one. And yeah. I just wanted to say that um, I've had many opportunities at work to pray with patients. And it's amazing because whenever we're, they're going through something or they're very stressed, you know, they're in a very vulnerable place anyway because they're in the hospital. And I'll just ask them, are you opposed to prayer? What? Are you opposed to prayer? Prayer. You know, praying? Oh, yeah. I pray. Okay, do you mind if I pray for you? And it just opens up the door, and God is able to open that door, and it's a beautiful thing. Amen. Amen. You want to bring it back up here, Waylon? Thank you, Waylon. You're a good helper. Watch your feet. Okay. All right. Very good. More, more. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Duella, don't raise your elbow. I think you want. <laughs> well, I don't know if this is something you may be looking for either, but yesterday I had a doctor's appointment with um, Artho for my neck. And as I was going in, it's at uh, 9200 um, Pinecroft for the, I think there's maybe there on the first floor is a cancer um, facility, you know. And so as I was going in, there was this lady sitting on a bench, 
And she had her paperwork, and I started to walk by her, but, uh, you know, something just drew me to her. And so I, um, I walked up to her, and I said, um, she, looked, she had a really perplexed look on her face, and I, and I asked her, I said, are you okay? And she said, yeah. And I said, I'm going to be praying for you. And I started to walk off, and I felt like the Holy Spirit said, pray for her now. You know, so I walked back over there to her, and I said, do you mind if I pray for you now? And she said, oh, no. So I prayed with her, and it struck me. I mean, I've always known this, but, I mean, it really came home to me. There's so many hurting people in the world. There's so much hurt and and, uh, sickness. And if we would just take the time and give them a little bit of our time, the time that God's given us, and and honor him by praying for those folks, you know, it, it really, to me, it really does a lot of good for both, for both of us, you know. So anyway, that's my testimony. Yesterday we went to the beach with Jacqueline Johnson and her two kids and Liam and myself. And we went down there and we're having a good time off in Bolivar Peninsula. And uh, we heard thunder all around. So we just prayed and sent it away from us until we were done with our day. And by the time we had an, had an impression to pack it up and move on, on home, it started to rain on us right when we were all safe and all the kids were in there. But the thing that was most exciting for me was to pray with the kids. I left Liam's clothes that I changed him into from his uh, swimming suit on the ferry. We had to take the ferry over. So we prayed and agreed that we'd get on the same ferry and the clothes would be there. And what was encouraging for me was to see the faith of the little ones. And it will just deep deposit down in their spirit that God answers prayer. God hears and God answers prayer. So we pull up to go back on the ferry, and there it is, the same ferry. Jacqueline, Liam had fallen asleep, so I couldn't go up and check. He, she went up to uh, check the bathroom, and the clothes were there. Praise God. And there are also, there's something in the water in Galveston that's making yeah. people sick, so we prayed that yeah. we would be protected. But there were times when we felt, get out of the water, you know, mm-hmm. go back in now, get, get out. Just following common sense as well as the inklings of the move of the Spirit. He will, he will um, be faithful to his word. Isn't that neat? What I was thinking as she was doing that and Waylon was listening, testimony services are just awesome to me because when I was 10 years old, it was on a Wednesday night that we had a testimony time at church and it just turned into everybody testifying and that's all there was. And that was the night I gave my heart to the Lord because I was so moved by this God that loved people so much and these people that love God so much. I, I just wanted to get closer to that. I couldn't have verbalized it to anyone, but I went down to the altar with tears in my eyes and my Sunday school teacher came up behind me and gave me the words to say to pray that confession of faith in the Lord Jesus. And it's been awesome ever since. God is good. God is good. Amen. One more. This is as far as I can go, Pat. I'm gone as far as I can go. (laughs) 
Um, I just wanted to share. Um, I'm with kids all day long, uh, most of my waking hours. And um, in the morning, sometime I get up and I'll pray. Because uh, I, I recently, you know, I've, I've had a burden to want to reach the little ones. I do a lot of academic teaching. Um, but I, I wanted to just kind of like be a light. I do a lot of correction, you know, but I wanted to be a light. And I would ask God how, like just in everyday living and what we're doing in the daycare, how could I like be salt, you know, to them? <clears throat> and uh, something we always do, we always pray over all our meals, you know, before we eat. And when it's time for snack or breakfast or lunch, the kids run to the table, you know, and before they're sitting down real good, they're already reaching in their plate. And so I began to slow them down and told them to sit, we sit down first, we're going to sit down first, and then we're going to really bless our food. And I said, we want to talk to God so he can hear us, you know. Now, I'm saying all of this because I was asking God, how do I reach them? And, um, and I said, you know how you guys always say, Miss Pat, Miss Pat, Miss Pat, and you're trying to get my attention and you want me to hear you? I say, well, when we sit down and pray, we're going to talk to God so God can hear us. And um, one little girl, and all of them do it now, you know, they sit down first and they ask the Lord to bless the food. Each one have their little prayer, but I pray a little simple one for them to repeat. And one of the little two-year-olds, um, she was trying to keep up. And, and she almost started crying, saying, Miss Pat, will you pray with me? Will you help me? Will you say it with me? Because all the other kids were kind of just going on praying. And I said, yes, yes. And I mean, she was like teary-eyed. And so I prayed, and she repre- repeated it, just a, a simple little prayer. And when we were through, she said, Miss Pat, God heard me. <laughs> and I said, yes, baby. I said it. She said, I said it so God could hear me. God heard me. And she said it with tears in her eyes. You know, and you, you, there's times when you know when something connects or a light goes off. And so now when we sit down, a little two-year-old, she's very serious about praying over her food, praying so God can hear her. And um, that just blesses me because we look for, I don't know why I'm crying. We look for big things, you know, and I'm always with little kids. I'm not with adults. I'm always with little kids. I do a lot of little kid talk all the time, even when I'm talking to adults. <laughs> I talk like a little kid because that's all I'm around 12 hours a day. But God touched my heart by just letting me see I am doing something. You know, I am you know, making a difference when I think I should be doing yeah. something else. Yeah. You know, that's all. Thank you, thank you. Praise God. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Thank you, everybody, for that. Praise the Lord. All right, let's see what we're going to get out of here. There is a prayer I want us to pray at this point, and then we'll do, we'll do a, a few more things, too. We still have some time. 
But this is a prayer that um, Bill Johnson prayed, and it's such a good prayer. I want us to agree on it. And at the close of the session tonight, um, Dan is going to give you a handout that will have that prayer on it so you can pray it again at home. And also on your handout will be a um, a few paragraphs that Gloria Copeland um, spoke on what to do to subdue old fleshly habits and so forth. And that's good, but that will be for you to take home. But if you'll just bow your head and agree with me as I pray this. Lord... You set up our steps so that increasingly we have divine encounters that would alter how we see reality. In Jesus' name, be unique encounters, subtle or extreme, that shape our hearts, craft, mold, position us to be a people of great influence. Lord, your heart for cities become our heart, that we would hear your heartbeat in the news about cities, that we would have infectious hope. The brilliance of the mind of Christ be on us that attracts a different way of thinking, a different way of seeing. The spirit of wisdom and revelation be released over the people as it pertains to life on the earth. Lord, we want to see Sodom repent. We want to see Sodom restored to come to their purpose. And we all said, Amen. You know, as I was reading that, I was just thinking how all those testimonies we just gave, how they just fed right into the theme of that prayer that we're beginning to understand that whether it seems to be a small thing or a larger thing, that we all do have great influence and there's power in our words. Even when we don't feel the power, there's power there. I just want to hit in our last bit of time, I just want to hit on a couple of hindrances or maybe three hindrances. We've talked about realizing that Christ is in us, that there is a power in us that needs to go out, but there are some hindrances that try to get in our way. Uh, and, and I won't cover all of them, but one of them is our understanding of humility. Uh, yes, we are to walk in true humility, but what is true humility? Too many people think they are showing humility when they talk themselves down. Well, I don't have this, and I can't do that, and I'm not very good at this. No, sweetheart, that is not humility. Humility is submitting yourself under the hand of Christ, submitting yourself under the hand of God when you don't want to get up and go teach that Sunday school class. And the Lord says, yes, you get up and go teach that Sunday school class. You get up and go. That's what humility really is. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, we have been made the righteousness of God in Christ. Well, if we're made the righteousness of God in Christ, what about Romans 3.10 that says, None are righteous, no, not one. That's where I am, none are righteous, no, not one. No, that's talking about man's condition in Adam before Christ took our place. You are now in Christ, and that doesn't apply to you. Because that same chapter where it's Romans 3.10, if you go on down to verse 24, it says you have been justified freely. Well, he's either schizophrenic or he's talking about two different things. 
you are justified freely because you are now in Christ. And of course, most everyone in here knows 1 John 1, 9, that once you have been made righteous in Christ and you do something wrong, it says, if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from what? All unrighteousness. The unrighteousness is gone. Every time you ask for forgiveness, any unrighteousness is gone. So what is true humility? The kind that God desires of his kids. In uh, Philippians, the second chapter, the fifth verse in the Message Bible, it says, Think of yourselves the way Christ Jesus thought of himself. He had equal status with God but didn't think so much of himself that he had to cling to the advantages of that status no matter what. Not at all. When the time came, he set aside the privileges of deity and took on the status of a slave and became human. So we do that in our service. We are joint heirs with Jesus Christ. We are seated in Christ at the right hand of God. We're looking at things from a godly perspective and praying from a godly perspective. But does that mean that we can't wash toilets? Does that mean we can't take care of children? Does that mean we can't go on food drives or whatever God asks us to do? No, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Um, Over here... In Romans, the 15th chapter, the second verse in the Message Bible, it says, Those of us who are strong and able in the faith need to step in and lend a hand to those who falter and not just do what is most convenient for us. Strength for service, not status. Each one of us needs to look after the goods of the people around us, asking ourselves, how can I help? And that's what I heard in the testimonies tonight. How can I help? How can I help? How can I help? Well, I don't feel strong. I told you in one of the messages I taught that the Lord said that as we serve, he gives us his strength in abundance. It's his strength in abundance. I'm not getting up and going and doing this thing that when I feel tired in my body and my own strength, I'm going in his strength, and he gives it in abundance. Praise the Lord. There's a wonderful book by Hubie Sin, S-Y-N-N. It's called Tales of a Wandering Prophet. Uh, I've mentioned it before, but Hubie has been mightily used to the Lord just in airports and whatever and talking to famous people, and uh, he just you know, gets an impression, and he starts talking, and it's these prophecies that come to pass. But he said, find the lowest place and the lowest task the Lord will allow you to do and do it with all your heart. That's how God began to transform my life and launch me into spiritual gifts. That's a great truth because, you know, all of us, um, Jeremiah 28 um, says, For I know the thoughts I've given, I have for you, thoughts of peace, I have to give you great outcomes. We all have these great dreams of great outcomes, and so be it. We want those great outcomes. But don't think that the menial, the, the little, the, the unseen, is of insignificance to him, because it's not. It's very powerful in the sight of God. Another um, hindrance, I think I skipped one, did I skip one? Yeah. Discouragement. Discouragement. Oh, this sounds wonderful, Miss Joy. I'm just going to go home, and I'm going to put all this into practice, and then tomorrow the phone rings, and somebody says this and so, and blah, 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 and I'm discouraged. 
discouragement does not come from people. It seemed like it did. It seemed like it was when that phone call came. But discouragement does not come from people, and it doesn't come from circumstances. Discouragement comes from the enemy. It's the opposite of taking courage. It's the opposite of being encouraged. It's to be discouraged. Bill Johnson says, I can't afford to entertain a thought about me that God doesn't have about me. I'm going to say that again. I can't afford to entertain a thought about me that God doesn't have about me. So the next time you feel that sweep of discouragement coming, analyze, what am I thinking? What am I thinking? Is that what God's word says about me? You have power to reject that. You have power to put your foot down and say no. Maybe you won't feel it. Maybe you, there'll still be thoughts bubbling around here. But you have a will. That's one of the greatest things God ever gave mankind was a will. You can will to stand up to the fight of the enemy. Praise the Lord. Robbie Dawkins says, don't look at the past to determine your future. Look to what God is calling you to do. Introspection can sometimes be a trap. Satan will try to keep your focus on you. Try to keep your thoughts on justifying your unbelief about why you can't do things or why you're not qualified. You have God within you, though, and as you step out with him in doing the things he did and reaching out to the people around you, he will equip you. But notice it's as you reach out, then he equips. We too often wait, okay, when I get equipped, when I feel that surge of power, I'm going to step out and I'm going to do something. You're going to have to step out and then the other will come. And if you don't feel any surges, don't let that bother you. Just go ahead and do because he will work. Um, A big part of being childlike is looking to the future with expectations that are not limited to our past experience or limited by the world as we currently know it. Praise God. One more I'm going to hit before... One more hindrance I'm going to hit before we close is wrong speech. Now, I love what John uh, Alexander taught us last week. He was talking a lot about the control of the tongue and our speech with others. There's also an aspect that we need to consider about um, not how just our speech to others, but our speech, period. Not recognizing the power of our words. Hebrew 5.13 says, For everyone who continues to feed on milk, is obviously inexperienced and unskilled in the doctrine of righteousness. For he is a mere infant. And the Amplified tells us that if you look that up in the Greek, that word infant means not able to talk yet. Not able to talk yet. We have too many baby Christians. They've been born again. They are the righteousness of God in Christ but they haven't learned to talk yet. Their talk is still undeveloped. And Matthew 12, 36, 37 says, By our words we are justified, and by our words we are condemned. Isaiah 57, 19 says, He creates the fruit of our lips. That, that verse says, Peace, peace to him who is afar off, and to him who is near, says the Lord. I create the fruit of his lips, and I will heal him. 
I will make his lips blossom anew with speech and thankful praise. It's easy to look at that scripture. At least it's easy for me to look at. Oh, he says he'll create the fruit of his lips. No, God didn't say he was going to create the fruit of his lips. He said he was going to create the fruit of your lips. You get your words lined up with him, and that's when the creation process starts to come. You remember the verse that says that the angels hasten to the voice, hasten to the words of the Lord? Well, where do they hear those words of the Lord? They hear them coming over your lips in faith. Um, and then my, one of my favorite scriptures, I've been here before, but I go here again. In Job, the 22nd chapter, verse 28 through 30. It says, you shall also decide and decree a thing, and it shall be established for you. And the light of God's favor will shine upon your ways. Verse 30, he will even deliver the one for whom you intercede who is not innocent. Yes, he will be delivered through the cleanness of your hands. So what are your words saying about those that you care about? What are your words saying? Say those things that agree with God's word and watch even those who are not clean be delivered through what you have said. Amen. The last verse, um, Job 22, verse 28 and 30 in the Amplified. Isaiah 43, 25, and 26 talks about our justification. And in verse 26, the Lord says, or the prophet says, Declare thou forth your case, that thou may be justified. That was from the Amplified, that declare forth your case, that thou mayest be justified. That means you need to say something with your mouth. You can say, and let's say this after me. Say, I have been made the right, nope. Say, I have been made righteous by the blood of Jesus. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I have been forgiven and I'm redeemed by faith. I do not feel like it. I do not look like it. But I declare according to the word of God that I am righteous. I am a new creation. And this new man has been created in righteousness and true holiness. I am putting him on now. Now can't you even tell a difference as you're saying those things? And those need to be part of our reality, part of what we're saying on a, a daily basis. Um, we're almost to the end. I don't want to leave out. Uh, Dan, if you'll go ahead and pass out those uh, handouts. Oh, I know what it was. I knew there was something I was... I was just reading this portion today. <clears throat> this is a book that um, Ronnie was talking about a while ago, one of the main books that was used on this course, The Power of Identification with Christ by Mark Hankins. And this is really powerful. Mark writes, Are you listening? 
Mark writes, God is saying, if you will walk in the light of what I'm telling you right now, and if you will live in the reality of who I say you are and what I have done for you, I will give you new places to walk. There are some places you can never go geographically until you first go there in prayer in the Spirit. You will have new places of influence where you never had influence before. God wants the church to be the salt of the earth and the light of the world. That means walking in supernatural influence over your city, your family, and your life. It is harvest time. God has given you influence in new places in the harvest, in America, Africa, Asia, China, Central America, and Europe. God has given the church places to walk in the harvest. There are new places of having miracles, signs, and wonders. That means walking among angels in the glory of God. When you start walking in that atmosphere, you will learn the keys that unlock miracles, signs, and wonders. Oh, so be it, Lord. Romans 8, 1 and 2 in the Message Bible says, Those who enter into God's being here for us no longer have to live under a continuous low-lying black cloud. A new power is in operation. The spirit of life in Christ, like a strong wind, has magnificently cleared the air, freeing you from a faded lifetime of brutal tyranny at the hands of sin and death. And I say, praise God, that strong wind is still blowing. Father, we just lift our hands to you right now. And we say, Lord, here am I. Send me. Lord, here am I, full of you. Pour out through me. Lord, here am I. Show me what to say, what to do. Put a watch at my mouth so that I speak those things that agree with your word. And I expect, in the name of Jesus, to see greater things in my life and those around me than ever before. I expect to see greater things in Generations Church than ever before. I expect to see greater things in Spring, Texas and Conroe, Texas than ever before. We claim this time for you, Lord. We claim this land for you. This is our territory, and we agree with you. We say your kingdom come in Spring and Conroe. Your kingdom come in Texas. Your kingdom come in the United States, even as it does in heaven. Oh, we thank you, Lord. There's power in the words of the King. And we speak your words, King Jesus. Amen. Amen.